0: There's this moment where I'm like, I'm actually like a lot of times where I'm just like, you know, I just don't think that is possible right now. I just don't think it's now. And I'm and it like at that moment, I know what I need is faith. That no, yes, you can you can access it right now if you just let yourself.
1: Welcome back to Basic Brain Heart, the show where we celebrate and interrogate creatives of all stripes. I'm Hannah Camacho. Today's episode is with the amazing Claire Keene. Not only uh, did Claire serve for 10 years on the visual development department at Disney on movies like Tangled and Wreck-It Ralph, and we'll hear about that on the episode today, but she also comes from, well, I guess, what you could call a dynasty of incredible creatives. Um, her grandfather, of course, was the artist behind the family circus. Her father, is the incredible artist Glenn Keane that was so influential at Disney for so long. Um, And Claire has so much wisdom and I was just in awe every single minute of hearing her share her artistic journey. And one of my favorite parts of the episode was when she really walked me through her thought process during a sketch session. So I hope you get as much out of this conversation as I did. If you want to browse her work while you listen, go ahead and check out the links in the show notes description. Without further ado, here is my conversation with Claire Keen. Claire, I'm stoked to have you on the show because I've been like stalking your work for a while now and I just, I love the way you capture life and somehow like it almost feels like you capture movement but in a still image. I don't know how you do it and the way that you just portray lighting is to me fascinating. Every time I see your work pop up in my feed, I just have to stop and stare.
0: (laughs) Oh, thank thank you. you. (laughs) Thank you so much. I really, really do appreciate hearing that.
1: Well, super. And I've of course been um, doing a little extra research in preparation for chatting with you. And I find your your backstory really interesting. And I'll let you do the talking on this, but I know uh, you loved art from a very, very young age. Would you mind walking me through your sort of evolution,
0: uh, and love of art? Um, so, well, you know, it just was a part of me, you know, my, my dad is an animator and my grandfather, um, was a cartoonist. Um, the family
1: circus, is that right?
0: Yeah. The family circus. And, uh, it was just kind of like, wasn't even a question really, you know, like I think, um, just growing up around pencils and, and paper, that was kind of the, the go-to activity, you know, and then, and then as a kid, you just kind of get into it, like, as I think most kids do, but then the, um, the encouragement and the, um, pertinent advice that I would get along the way just kind of like propelled me even further you know mm, yeah because Did you seek like, that out from your dad or yeah that's awesome yeah in a big way because <laughs> I would have these um these drawings that I'd be doing mostly like princesses and Cinderella and, and I would be trying to draw these hands or like uh an arm or a pose. And and it would really bother me that I couldn't do it the way I wanted it to be done. And so I was really lucky because I could ask my dad just be like, Oh dad, can you help me do this? And I think that that's probably just like a very simple thing that I had that just kind of really helped me grow as an artist that maybe other people just don't. I mean, a lot of people don't have, and I'm very thankful for that. Uh, I don't know, that <laughs> that's being awesome born into that family <laughs> yes
1: do you feel like it in any way it was also somewhat genetic or do you feel like the environment really set you up for the interest in it
0: I think it's both I think that somehow like my genetics make it so that I enjoy that time like it just you know, my brain is just wired that way. And so it's enjoyable. Um, But I think that it's also um, the environment because I did have a lot of encouragement in that way. And I see my own kids today and I wasn't doing anything. Like I wasn't even, I wasn't doing anything on purpose to like push them into drawing or anything but they just naturally are um they just really love doing it in a big way more than than their their friends around them which I thought was really surprising because then that showed me like oh there is a genetic component to this that like I I wasn't I wasn't sitting down and going over my daughter's drawings or anything you know I was just like just putting the paper in front of her and she just loved it.
1: (laughs) Do you find that, do they come to you for the same type of feedback you came to your dad for or do they approach it a little bit differently?
0: No, no. They like, I, I kind of wonder what was it like, why was I so intent on like doing it right? Like my kids, yeah, my kids are not at all. And so like, I want to be there for her if ever she wants to like draw the hand, right. But uh, she hasn't come to me with any of those questions. So I'm like, I'll just leave it alone. <laughs> like, <laughs> That's not- really, And I think it's
1: so fascinating that even at that young age, you were really concerned about getting it right. And I think there are some personalities that are prone to that. Um, did you find yourself even from that young age, trying to emulate maybe your dad's style or a style that you saw often, or did you start experimenting with your own
0: style? Um, I really was just trying to draw correctly. I wasn't thinking about style or anything and actually, yeah, and actually I haven't really thought so much about style, um, throughout my life, except when I got into college, then, um, style became a thing and, uh, <laughs> it was kind of annoying, um, and lately I've kind of come to terms with understanding what style is. But, uh, when I was a kid, I wasn't trying to draw like my dad, but I was very influenced by his way of drawing or his, his way of being inspired. Um, because he would share his inspiration with me. Like, um, the anatomy part, like just understanding the form of the human body and, um, stuff like that, like that was really important to my dad. And so it became really important to me because like I saw that he was really working on that. And so I felt like that's a really important thing to do. And, um, so I guess, yeah, that makes sense.
1: Did you, um, did your passion for art stay pretty steady throughout your teen years? Did it ever waver or did you just know this is what I want to do with my life?
0: No. So I just drew because I liked it. And I was drawing my princesses, and I just thought it was fun. But um, I was—I I really wanted to be a famous singer. Ooh. And I didn't just want to be a singer. I wanted to be a famous singer. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> it's so embarrassing to say. I love it. But I really wanted to be Debbie Gibson, too. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <And, laughs> And, uh, so I was just like focused on that. And, um, even to the point where like, even in high school, I was in choir and I took, um, like classic, um, like opera classes. And, and I, after when I was finishing high school, I had to figure out what I was going to do for college and and I decided, like, okay, well, I'm, I really want to be a singer. And so I applied to, like, the three top um, uh, classical singing schools in London. Because I really wanted to be in London. But I didn't get in. And because and, uh, I was just, like, I was, I didn't have, like, the training or anything for that. And uh, and so then I was, like, well, I guess I'll draw. Um, and so I went to fashion school. I went to, um, Parsons school design for one year. Yeah. And so I wanted to do fashion and design, but then as I did that, then I started realizing like, Oh, it's not really about the clothes that I like. It's about the people. And then I started realizing, well, it's not really about just the people because I was thinking, well, maybe it's just fashion illustration that I want to do. But then I realized it's not the fashion illustration. It's really just about the people. Actually, like the fashion part, I thought was nothing um, <laughs> So then I ended up going to this um, art school in France where I was living uh, in Paris. And so I ended up going to this art school that was well known for having a... Strict and classic education and drawing, Um, so that's when it really all started. It was a really difficult school for five years, and wow, I survived. (laughs) What do you think was your
1: looking back? What do you think was your biggest takeaway from that time? As far as art is concerned, or? Uh,
0: yeah, I was going to say. Yeah, you're like, so what? I there's
1: a lot. <laughs> <laughs> That's a loaded question. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah,
0: because I met my husband during that time. Um, in terms of art, like, um, well, looking back at it now and kind of going through all the things that I've been going through and just seeing that path of, oh, I really wanted to be like a famous singer and then I really wanted to be like a fashion designer and like, but a famous one, you know, Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> and, and just finding that, um, but thankfully life kind of kept showing me or maybe just regardless, like life kept kind of bringing me back to who I am and what it is that I truly love, which is drawing um but not for drawing sake it's uh, uh kind of telling a story with my drawings so the other thing is so I went to this school that was a classical drawing school and it was illustration it's like I had been told like if you wanted illustration you should go to this school and so that's what it was for the first year was a lot of painting and drawing and and stuff like that and then but it was called a graphic arts school. So I didn't really know what that means. I still don't really know what that means. But it kind of turned out to be a graphic design school. And and so I found myself and it happened so slowly or just I didn't even notice it. But suddenly like my desire for drawing like somehow it became like, oh, I need to be doing typography and photography and being a graphic design artist. And now my goal is to be, like, uh, an art director of a magazine. But that's not at all who I was. Like, I I was really bad at typography. Not good in photography. Like it, But just being surrounded by that at my school and that was there were people coming to go to that school to become graphic artists or graphic design artists. And, um, just being surrounded by that just kind of, I just kind of took that on and just started thinking like, Oh, well, that's, that's what you do. If you're not an animator at Disney and you're drawing, then you are, a um, graphic designer. That's your only and, option. <laughs> yeah, that's your only option. Either an animator or a graphic design, and uh, and I knew that I, I, I mean, I wasn't attracted to animation, and for some reason, I wasn't really considering illustration. Really, I guess maybe I just didn't see it as like a viable career option. I don't know. I don't know what, but somehow, like, I went through that whole thing, and and so I. I was really trying hard to like understand the typography and photography and all that stuff. And meanwhile, like my favorite classes were the drawing ones. And then for our thesis, um, they had us do, we just like did whatever we wanted for our thesis. And for my thesis, I decided to to write and illustrate a fairy tale book. And it just, like, thinking about it now, I'm, I'm really proud of myself that I decided to do that because it it just shows me, like, there, there was, like, a part of me that was very deeply me that was coming out and very visible, even though I was still very confused about um, what my career path was going to be. But somehow it, it like the fairy tales and the illustration like that is truly like that's who I am. And just to see that, like I was able to, to not let that get covered up at that moment of my life was, I'm kind of, kind of impressed with my 19 awesome. year old self. Because <laughs> <That's
1: so cool. laughs> who has so, that clarity at that age?
0: <laughs> yeah, well, I definitely didn't, but somehow it came out. Um And and so in doing that, I was just like, I felt just doing the drawings, doing the research and stuff. I just felt so good. Like, Oh my gosh, this is exactly what I want to do. And then I remember telling my dad like, dad, this is, I just, I've never had so much fun. This is so much fun. I just wish that there was a job where I could just explore, um, environment like what the environments or the outfits or what the people would do in a story and he's like well that sounds like visual development and it happens at Disney and I'm making a movie about Rapunzel and I think that you would be amazing for it you should put your portfolio together and I was like oh my gosh that's so fun like really like you think that I could I mean, I never even, after so many years of being surrounded by Disney, I didn't know that this job title existed, a visual development artist. Now,
1: what is, is that like the sort of pre-production phase of, okay, because I, yeah. I mean,
0: I'm not in that world
1: necessarily, so that's interesting. Okay,
0: so, so, well, you were like me, like, I had no idea what this was. I'm like, <laughs> what? what is it called, visual <laughs> development? And so he explained to me that before the anime... Um, and while they're developing the story, they have artists come along and they um, and they explore what the environments would look like and what the characters would look like to kind of help them um, understand and write their story. And also uh, potentially for, for the design later on in the movie. Um, and that was that was opening to me. I was like, wow, that is so cool. I actually think of that. I really want to work at Disney, which was never a thing that I had ever thought of. Like, I guess I just thought it was my dad's thing, you know, like he's working at Disney. And, um, and so I guess to go back to your question about like, when I think back to that time and what, what was one of the underlying themes or something that I, I learned. I didn't know it now. I know it now because I'm not, I, I'm not in it anymore, but I see that for me specifically, like telling a story through my drawings um, and having them have an impactful guess like having a an impactful meaning, I don't know what there's something about this fairy tale thing too, that's very important to me. And and it it just becomes even more important to me as I as I study fairy tales and their importance and our culture and our psyche and um I think that it's like Telling a story through my drawings, but telling a story that is, like, deeply human hmm. or something. I don't know.
1: Totally. That's relatable and moves people. That's – I love yeah. that. That's so interesting. So once you – obviously, um, things did work out with Rapunzel. <laughs> uh-huh. um, and you spent, I believe, 10 years at Disney. Was yeah. It, they, were they um, consecutive years or did you yeah. – okay. Yeah. What what did you enjoy about working? Because I know now you kind of, you do your own thing, which is amazing to some degree. I'm sure you do some freelance work here and there. Mm -hmm. But what did you find that you really enjoyed about working in a team setting? And maybe were there any challenges about working in a team setting as an artist?
0: Yeah, um, working in a team setting is amazing because, well, especially as a visual development artist, because you are responsible for just that piece and especially in visual development art you can do absolutely anything really because that's what they want you to do is just find inspiration and you just pull stuff out of the air and it's it's really liberating um I mean well you do it for a specific story idea but still within this framework, like you are very, very freed. But then there's something. And so I loved that part of having the freedom um, to be, to just kind of figure things out or just like explore different things. But then the frustrating part was that it was just like this, um, unbridled freedom that didn't necessarily go to the next step and come to fruition. So like as a visual development artist, you have, you do tons of drawings and I, I, I don't know, you're lucky if, if one actually has an inspiration for the, Uh, for the movie because you're not the only uh, visual development artist doing it either. Like there's a lot. So there's that, like uh, I just kind of started wanting to have more um, autonomy over Mm -hmm. where that creative inspiration was leading, you know? Absolutely. And so now I've started doing my own children's books and, um, that is so rewarding awesome. to be able to, well, what, I mean, it's full freedom, hmm. which can be daunting. And, <laughs> yeah. uh, but at the same time, when I do get inspiration, I can, I can follow it all the way through to the end, mm-hmm. which is really really satisfying. Um I have for two, and then for the other two, i I just illustrated. Um, and they're both rewarding in different ways. So, I mean the the writing one uh, when I'm writing, that's really fulfilling because it's like there's something that I want to get out. and uh, but then even with when it's just illustrating, i found that using somebody else's texts it can help me kind of find the the framework in which to to have the freedom to figure out what story i want to say with my drawings because there's the there's a story that you say with the words but then there's also this other underlying story or narrative that can be told through the drawings which is really fun i just love finding that
1: that's awesome and I love, I was um, following the Fast Company recent uh, creativity oh, exercises. Cool. Yeah. And um, I, I think just yesterday in my inbox, actually, let me pull it up real quick if my uh, computer will work with me. I think yours came through yesterday, at least for me on, on the cycle that I'm on. And uh-huh. I really just loved what you had to say. And if you don't mind, can we discuss kind of some of these,
0: yes, these actually, points? Yes, actually, it's so funny that you're talking about that, because what you were talking about your own personal artistic journey reminded me a lot of what I was saying in that, mm. um, That's in awesome. that sketch
1: thing. Well, I'm excited to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, So you kind of preface some of your really actionable points um, with the fact that I'll kind of read here, maybe abbreviate a little bit. But Creativity can be elusive and easily squashed by the stress of needing to accomplish something. And what you've found useful for your art and for your soul is taking a moment to be truly present and document a moment through line on paper. Could you talk to me a little bit more about what you've learned about yourself as far as that creative fulfillment is concerned, um, which I I find it so refreshing that you didn't necessarily know that from the get-go. And it's something that you've had to discover. I'd love to hear, hear more of your thoughts on that.
0: Yeah. Well, so in this, in this creativity challenge, I, um, I kind of just kind of outline what I do when I bring my sketchbook out into a cafe or my vacations or something because I've found it to be immensely rewarding and kind of like meditative almost when it works, but it's so difficult to get there or it's not, it's simple. It's just, um, it's just not easy because there's so many things that kind of keep you from just enjoying the process and, Um, so uh, when I, um, when I figured this out, I realized that the drawings that were turning out the best for me were the ones where I enjoyed the moment and I, and, and so I wanted to do more of those, but then I realized (laughs) that the that I really wanted to do a good drawing though
1: hmm.
0: which so kind that kind of, of stressed you out, out yeah so that stresses <laughs> me out and so it kind of takes out the joy of the moment hmm. and and so I just kind of really started trying to let go of trying to do a good drawing um, and just focus more on the moment and um seeing what I actually had put down on paper and stop criticizing it so much um and not feeling like I had to uh scratch it out or start on another page but work with it
1: Um, that's interesting is it really hard for you even today sometimes to feel free in the moment it's it just it kind of take some mental gymnastics to get there.
0: Yeah, for sure. Totally. Yeah. That's so interesting. And, yeah. and I would imagine that it's always going to be like that. Yeah. But um the more moments you have where you've able to like overcome it and just like be totally, I guess in your skin and comfortable, uh then you start having faith that you can get there. Cuz a lot of a lot of times like in those situations where I'm like oh, I don't like this drawing oh and, and I'm like going through all the papers in my sketchbook and I like I just lose that faith like there's this moment where I'm like I actually like a lot of times where I'm just like you know I just don't think that is possible right now I just hmm. don't think it's now wow. and I'm and it like <laughs> at that moment I know what I need is faith that no, yes, you can you can access it right now if you just let yourself. But a lot of times I just can't let myself. And if I can't, then I also have to just like, okay, it's okay. But it's like this whole it's a whole thing, but I really I've found it to be um, really helpful for for me when I have been able to sit through a drawing and enjoy doing it and get to the point where I'm actually painting it, um, the The feeling I feel right after really makes me feel like I've just, um, like I've been meditating or doing some sort of like very intense uh, like mental energy work mm. or something.
1: Wow, yeah. That's a really, that's so cool. And I, one thing I really appreciated specifically about this email was, of course, I love the preface, but I loved that you just got really real about how to do it and really just honest about it. And kind of just Mm. talked a little bit about your first point, which was fear not, (laughs) just Mm -hmm. try to, to relax into it. And then the next point that you made was just take a moment to look around you and observe what's inspiring for you. Um how, like, how do you go about that? Do you literally just sit there and look around and just, just really notice what looks visually pleasing about your environment? What, what does that look like for you?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Basically that, like, um, I just come into the, the cafe or wherever, like say I'm, I'm coming into the cafe next to my house and I sit down and I look around and I'm like, what? is beautiful. I look for like, what's beautiful. Um, and, um, also it's kind of like this, it's like half looking for what's beautiful half looking for what it is that I just want to draw. Um, and then, and then also is is there something here like a story? Like if there's kids or something that, that will probably usually draw my attention just because there's something there's, I don't know when you have a kid in a drawing, somehow there's always like a story, you know, or, you know, like there's just a warmth. Um, And so I just, Kind of look for that, but I mean, it's not, it's not always there. So, but there might just be a girl on her laptop or something, and, um, and then in that case, then I start thinking about, well, what is it about this moment? Like, what is it about this cafe? So there's this girl on her laptop. She has pretty hair. I like her hair. Okay, um, and. This cafe, it's, like, morning time, and it's kind of busy, but she's on her laptop, and she's in her world, and she's drinking a coffee. And so I just kind of, like, try to, like, you know, I'm just saying these words now because, like, you've asked me to, like, verbalize what no, I go that's through. Oh, beautiful, like, yeah. Uh, I kind of start going through my mind of, like, what this experience is. Um, I'm, like, in a cafe, it's busy, and start trying to describe that in, in the image, like, okay, well maybe I can't see from my point of view where I'm looking at the girl. Maybe there's nobody around her, but if I just draw her with nobody around her, we won't get that feeling that I have in this cafe that it's a busy cafe. So I might. So you elaborate. (laughs) Yeah. I I elaborate and, and I draw that feeling. Um, but in kind of like a tangible way because it's a tangible, it's not like
1: a. That's amazing. i so appreciate you taking the time to kind of walk me through, through that because that's just fascinating. And any, for anyone who has seen your work, like you totally capture those moments in a way. I don't know that I've ever seen anyone capture them because of course you're you and you have your own unique style and, and that movement and that, I don't know. There's something just very special about your work. (laughs) I know he keeps saying that, but it's it's true. So it's so cool to kind of hear your mental process and and what you go through to get there. Um, Let's see. Also in in this list, you mentioned just to draw what you see. Um, Mm -hmm. What kind of what do you mean by that as far as, I mean, it sounds super obvious, obviously, but <laughs> <laughs> you want to elaborate on that one?
0: <laughs> oh man. What, what else did I say in that? Like
1: <laughs> I said, draw what you see, let your focus fall on the subjects you're drawing, not the drawing itself. Use your moment to oh. really understand what's in front of you, translating it onto the
0: paper. Yeah. Yeah. So use what you're seeing as your guide. Like... um, Rather than drawing just this, an image of a girl that you have in your head sitting in on her laptop, draw the girl in front on her laptop and, and the hair that you, that I thought was pretty, like, appreciate that and, and really communicate that in the drawing, um,
1: that's really cool. Hopefully I mean, it like the hair, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Hopefully the hair doesn't like take the full focus of the whole drawing, but like, it can just be like a little starting point, just like something that's like pretty. And then maybe there's like, um, some greenery behind her somewhere and just letting the things that I really enjoy about this spot be present in the drawing. Totally.
1: That's so cool. I, I love that point. Um, And it kind of goes a little bit hand in hand with the the next point you made, which was use your memory and imagination. Your observation might present you with roadblocks, for instance, if that person, that girl, was to get up and leave. (laughs) And you're like, wait, I am stuck. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, you can use your uh, memory and imagination. Um, Has that ever happened to you? I'm sure it has. And what do you do? Because that's kind of a little bit of a killjoy when that happens.
0: Yeah, well because it's going contrary to my previous point was draw what you see <laughs> yes. um and i guess it's the memory and observation is um just trying to remember what it was like and understanding that because i noticed that you can either fall into it's easy to fall into these two categories Either you're drawing exactly what you see down to like the sliver on the table or something. But and and in that you become like almost like a a camera. Or it's completely made up and you get lost in your head, or you can start getting um trying trying to make like a a sweet moment from your head and you want to combine those two you want to create the sweet moment or like bring the things that you think are sweet that are inspiring to you in in the moment from like the camera point of view and like and your head point of view and like bring those together and so I guess like while she's sitting there to just observe as much as possible. And so when she moves, you have a memory. And if you can't, if you feel like, Oh shoot, I didn't observe enough. Um, then to just find yourself again and just sit and, and let yourself relax into that and be like, okay, what do I remember? And how does it feel? And how, how, if I were sitting at home having to do an illustration of this, how would i um how would I illustrate the feeling that I have right now, or how would I illustrate that that scene totally. that I'm trying to um,
1: no, absolutely, yeah. and that kind of brings me to a question I don't have written down, but <laughs> mm-hmm. um what do you find yourself when you're creating work? for people to obviously appreciate. Um, is there a, a certain emotion that you want people to feel when they look at most of your work? Of course, you're going to want different tones and different mm. feelings, but is there kind of an overall tone that you typically try to go for and something specific that you want people to feel when they're looking at your work or no. does it just change?
0: It just changes. That's cool. That's cool. Um. Yeah. Usually if, if I want them to feel a certain thing, it's probably, I am just trying to get across what I'm feeling onto the page and hopefully they will feel that same feeling.
1: Totally. No, that makes perfect sense. Um, So then that, that segues into the final point that you made um, on this great piece, which was (laughs) um, you will mess up and that's great. Mistakes often lead to great compositions that you wouldn't have thought of. I guess my question on this one um is how often cuz I, I you make art every day I'm guessing how how often do you feel kind of like what you've created is meant or not what you wanted it to be and how often do you create something that you're really happy with like what's the what do you think the percentage breakdown is there or do you just always find a way to turn it into something that you really like
0: hmm.
1: <laughs> That's know. a hard question. That's such a question.
0: <laughs> like I would say that th- I feel like all of that is true and mm. that um that there's a I would say like the percentage of me doing something that I really love is like maybe 1%
1: really. That's kind but, of relieving <laughs> it's a relief to hear maybe I don't know for some of us who feel like we have bad art days most days
0: <laughs> yeah but at the same time I wouldn't say that I only appreciate that one mm, percent mm. like appreciate I yeah I feel like the other ones I find a way to make appealing to me and and those ones, I almost appreciate more because there's more of like this process and journey that, I don't know, signifies more to me. Um, and, and I noticed that a lot of times those drawings are the ones that other people, like they're the ones that people are more um, connected to. Yeah, the ones that that didn't come super easily or naturally to me. Um, but that I kind of had to keep going into it hmm. a little bit. I don't know. That's cool. I like <laughs> it. Very bad. <laughs> Not that answer. I've 20 20- No. No, it's
1: I I really love your honesty and it's great. Um, I just have a couple more questions for you because I know I've drilled you yeah. with a gazillion of them. Um,
0: but being a well, mom, like- say what? elaborate on that a little bit on this idea of, um, using, using that, um, your mess ups, because I, um, one of the things that was really, um, just going to put more light in here. One of the things that was kind of a big part of deciding, realizing what it is that I love about my work was, um, when I started doing the Rapunzel sketchbook stuff, um, which was, um, it came after a moment where I was doing a lot of imp- like theater improv where you do, um, you yes. And what the other person has given you, have you done theater improv? Yes. Or,
1: yeah. Or, yeah. That's
0: great. It's fun. It is and it was really liberating where somebody so the idea of improv is that somebody says, um, somebody does something on stage, and you, as the other actor, you have to accept what they've done and <laughs> add on to it, and you can never be like, mm, yeah, yeah, no, I well, <laughs> that doesn't work, you know like you just have to like go with yes. it and and add on to what it is that they did, and I was hitting a point <clears throat> in on Rapunzel where I was doing, I was working on like the textures of her face or something, Hmm. something very detail oriented, something very specific. And Hmm. it was in Photoshop and just very, uh, (laughs) (laughs) uh, in, in like undo key hill. And, (laughs) uh, and so I kept kind of going back and forth and, uh, and, and I wanted to be figuring out like what Rapunzel was doing during the day, hmm. and so I did this. Um, I I started trying to sketch just like with a pen, and I found I couldn't do it after having worked in Photoshop for so long, just like with <laughs> yes. hotkeys. keys. And and I was like, I I need my I need my Photoshop pens. And then I um I was like, I just wish that I could like improv with myself for these drawings these sketches and so I was like well why don't I do that I don't have to show them to anybody and so I just I went to the beach one day and I just started like sketching I'm like okay no matter what I put on this paper I'm gonna turn it into something and and that was the rule like okay no scratching it out no um like moving to the other uh, page and And, and it gave me this sketchbook full of ideas for Rapunzel and, and it ended up really helping me, uh, when I ended up working on her murals, just feeling like I got to know her and what she did during the day and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. It was really fun and so liberating. Um, I can imagine.
1: Have you tried that trick on anything else? That's a brilliant idea. Um,
0: yeah it didn't work <laughs> <laughs> oh no but it worked that for that moment it worked that's for that really moment that's really cool um, yeah no but I, I do I do try to just kind of um, let myself hmm. uh, not oh I guess I do do that when I'm doing my sketching out in public and stuff i just kind of like okay true. you yeah. messed up on that hand Just just go with it make it work <laughs> <laughs> I love it yeah that's that's
1: really really interesting do you are you doing any visual development currently for a- anyone or are you mostly focused on your books at this point
0: I mostly focus on my books um I work here and there every okay. once in a while that's for cool. different things but... Very cool
1: as far as creativity is concerned I know you're a big proponent of unplugging and um really mm-hmm. letting kids it's okay to be bored um mm-hmm. if there are any parents listening to the podcast um what might what advice might you share with other parents who are hoping to really um just allow their kids to create in whatever fashion that might be. I mean origami, who knows what the the child enjoys, but what might yeah. what might you share
0: with other parents? Um well I guess really like what you just said to unplug um but also just give them a lot of time and space like after school to just um to just do what it is that they want. If they just want to lay on their bed and just look up at the ceiling. Although I don't think I've seen my daughter do that once, (laughs) but if she wanted to, she could Um, just, I don't know, just like have that time in their rooms. Like I noticed that my kids really need that. Like, and I feel like they're so much easier to be around when they get that, but there is this, um, in the beginning of the year, like my husband and I are always like, oh, oh, we need to get them more activities. Like, but then there's always like, wait, but like, I really want them to have that alone time. Just, just that time where they're not with their friends. They're not in front of a teacher. They're not with, uh, they're not supposed to be doing anything. They're just with themselves. I think I agree. I, that- I
1: feel like it's an American culture thing where we're so, we, as parents we're made to feel like we're supposed to have activities to fill every waking moment of the day. And you almost feel like a bad because we, we've kind of done the same thing. We haven't enrolled in a lot of activities outside of school because mm-hmm. we just feel like it's important to be. Um, and, but then we feel kind of like bad parents when we, when we talk to the other parents. I know, totally, right? <laughs> We're not doing yeah. soccer this year. <laughs> uh, yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, and also because it kind of makes you feel like, yeah, I, I'm, I'm not like carting my kids around. And, and so you're like, wait, it's, are they not? doing all these activities because I'm not driving because I didn't want to drive them to all these activities? Or is it because I really, and I really do believe that being able to find one's creativity is really, really personal. And the only reason why I was interested in drawing was when I was a kid was because like activities it what it just wasn't a thing. Like, yeah. I don't know if it wasn't a thing just because it was the eighties or if it was just our town or if it was just my mom, but I like, we just didn't have anything like that. And it, um, I was just content to be, mm having my drawings to Absolutely.
1: do. And along those lines, so kind of talked about how you approach parenting. What do you think it was about what your, what maybe your mom did and your dad did as you were growing up and raising you that maybe one thing that sticks out about each of them that kind of helps set you up on the path you're on or something you really appreciate about their approach to parenting with you? Well,
0: I think it was really well, giving me that time and space, um, and also listening to me and anything that I would say that I really like to do, they were just so supportive and, and encouraging. Like when I really wanted to be a a famous singer, like they never were like, well, are you sure that's like that? mm, possibility, <laughs> the probability of that happening. Claire. They they, they, didn't.
1: they just let you have the dream. Yeah. Yeah.
0: They just let me have the dream and just kind of like, it was like, they trusted that I had my own path that I was born with and I was going to find it. Um, and I think now as a parent, I realize that is a lot easier said than done. I'm sure later when my kids get older, well, you have a little bit older kids, so you probably feel the same thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, when I start thinking about like the teenage years and stuff, we're like, wait, wait, where are they going to go to school? Like, shoot, maybe Matisse should be better in math right now. Like, (laughs) just like I just start starting to get worried like oh shoot like how are we going to support our children for until they're like 40 like, <laughs> like, starting to get worried like they never leave oh man but I want them to stay <laughs>
1: uh, I know it's being a parent is hard and then man it does it makes you appreciate <laughs> what your own parents did and yeah. their approach it's crazy yeah. So um, I just have one final question, of course, before we talk a little bit about where people can find you and anything you might like to plug. Um, and that would be, how do you because it seems, I mean, maybe I'm making an assumption here, but it just seem like you have a decent grasp on work life balance, which of course is a buzzword, <laughs> or trying mm-hmm. to avoid a sense of burnout. What have you found personally is really healthy and helpful to kind of avoid that sense or has that ever been something you've even struggled with?
0: Well, it's something I struggle with constantly like today, every day, like it's not something that goes away. Um, But one day when Matisse was a baby, was it when she was a baby or when Roman, I forget when, but I was complaining about it to my dad feeling like I just feel like when I'm working I feel guilty because I'm not with my kids. And then when I'm with my kids, I feel guilty because I'm not working. And it just, it's like this never ending struggle. And he said, well, you know, that's kind of what balance is. Like it's, it's, uh, attention on both sides. And once you let go of the tension on one side, you get unbalanced. And that was, um, it was kind of nice to hear that kind of like, oh, yeah, to just kind of embrace it, like to embrace the the difficulty of it and to understand like, no, you don't want to give up your own, um, your own pathway, your own creative vision, and you don't want to give up your kids. So you or I guess in a more positive way of saying that you want to be able to to continue uh, furthering your career and your creative visions. And you also want to be fully there for your kids. Um, and in a way that those two things can go hand in hand. If you are fully fulfilling your path in your career, you are going to be more present for your kids just because you are more you. Um I I've just started a lot like in those sketching exercises where I really try to just enjoy myself. I've also been trying to stop criticizing or letting myself feel guilty all the time for being letting one win out on the other. Um like to just when I'm with my kids to just be thankful for that time that I'm with them and not let that time be ruined by guilt for not working. <laughs> yes. Like it's it's just so wrong. <laughs> uh, so I've I've just been working on just enjoying mm. just letting letting myself enjoy life.
1: I love that. I think it feels like the recurring theme in the conversation today and I think really your life message is you know, just to be present and really yeah. try to be present and don't let thoughts and fears ruin that for you. I love that so much. Yeah. Um, if anyone wants to uh, purchase your books or just keep up on what you're up to, where do you prefer they find you? Twitter, Instagram, you have a website. Yeah. Let's see, what's your All preferred? Yeah. Everything.
0: Everything. Okay. I'm on Facebook. I'm not on Snapchat. I don't okay. even know how to work it. Um <laughs> Awesome. But yeah, so I'm on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, awesome. um all of that. And then I've got my website, Claire on a Cloud. Um and Perfect. So, well, we'll make sure I'll yeah, make sure to link to all then. those to make it easy okay. for everybody yeah. to,
1: Good. to navigate there. This has been amazing, Claire. Thank you so much for sharing your oh, wisdom thank you so and so your much
0: It was been great talking with you. I love your questions.